You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This is the only daily Royals podcast about your Kansas City Royals. On today's show, we're going to dive into some baseball news as the winter meetings get going. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Royals. So let's dive in today with the discussion around baseball being the winter meetings. We talked about how the winter meetings are going to be different on Friday's show, talking about how it's virtual, wondering how the coverage will be, because normally everyone and their mother within the baseball media industry is at this hotel room and you're just getting constant content, constant information flowing and flowing and flowing out of whatever hotel they're holding this event at. You're you're getting rumors, you're getting interviews, you're getting everything. You're getting breaking news sounders. You're getting breaking news, you know, reports of who's signing where, who's getting traded. This year, it's all over Zoom and it's all virtual, of course, due to the pandemic. So I've been wondering when... And how will the news start trickling out? Like, for example, today the the Angels made a trade to get Iglesias from the Reds. And the official team Twitter account is the one who broke the news. Which is extremely rare in sports, especially for a major sport with major media coverage. That the official team just gets to announce a trade. And no one scoops it, no one finds out until it's a done deal. And the official team goes through with it. Because again, the official team cannot release the information of a trade until baseball approves the trade and you go through the proper channels and you and you just truly get it done baseball-wise. Whereas reporters can report a trade and say, look, eventually this guy's going to go here, this guy's going to go there. It's a matter of time. That's why there's a bit of a discrepancy between whenever you see Ken Rosenthal tweet it and whenever you see a team make it official. The best way to describe it in this setting right now is like for the Thunder... They have traded for Al Horford. We all know that. They're going to get Al Horford. They're going to get Taylor Maldon. They're going to ship out Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poyer. But it's not official yet. We all know it's going to happen, but it's not official until tomorrow. That's kind of just where we're at right now with with this virtual winter meetings. I wonder how many teams can take this into their own hands and not have stuff leak out because you're not around these reporters. They just simply do not have the the correct access right now that they typically would in a winter meeting setting. As far as I know. I did find it weird that one of the best and highest paid relievers seemingly gets moved overnight and just gets moved you know, with with no with no prefix, with no rumors, with no nothing. And that contributes into just how weird this winter meetings will be. But the biggest news around baseball right now is that the Universal DH will not be returning in 2021. And this is a a huge step back in my opinion. I mean this is just a huge step back to me. Because when you look at this from a bigger picture standpoint, from a big picture standpoint, 
you can understand the move from baseball side of things, but also understand it's a bad move to make. A lot of times whenever you criticize something, somebody comes back with the explanation of why they did something. I fully understand why baseball chose to take away the universal DH, to use it as a bargaining chip in next offseason CBA. They want to use this as a leverage. Because if you just give it to the players for free, you know, quote unquote for free, this offseason, you cannot hang that over their heads next offseason. And for the players aspect, that's a big bargaining chip because it creates more jobs, it elongates careers. I mean, does Billy Butler have the career he has if, if not for the DH role? Does Kendrys Morales have the career he has if not for the DH role? Is Kendrys Morales still in baseball and still able to win a World Series in 2015 if he cannot DH? I don't think he can because you're not going to supersede Eric Hosmer. So then where are you going to play him? He cannot have that impact for Kansas City. And if you take away Kendrys Morales off that 2015 team, that is a much different team. That is a much worse team. And that's a team that does not win a World Series. They do not win that World Series without Kendrys Morales. So the DH is so important to players for a multitude of reasons. It elongates their careers. It creates more jobs. And they want it. They, they want it start to finish in pitchers. They don't want to get hurt batting. I mean, how many times have we seen a pitcher get hurt batting? All for this silly-ass hashtag of pitchers who rake. Imagine if any other sport did that. Imagine if whenever Don Terry Poe threw that touchdown in Denver, if all of a sudden we were glorifying Don Terry Poe as a quarterback and saying that he should get more reps as a quarterback in a non-joking manner. Why doesn't Don Terry Poe get more snaps at quarterback other than that one trick play or those two trick plays? Because it's a gimmick. Just like pitchers who hit is a gimmick. That, that is insane to me. To act like a pitcher hitting below league average is somehow this monumental feat that should not be taken out of the game. All for this, this fake strategy and this facade of, oh, the, the NL game is such smarter. It's the, it's the thinking man's league. You know, you got to really be strategic. There's more strategy in the NL game. Well, then why do you care who your manager is in the AL game if there's no strategy? If there's no reason for a manager in the AL game, then who gives a damn who the manager is? The manager's job is not changed in the NL game that much. It's just not. What is hurt in the NL game without a DH is the product. You're losing a valuable hitter in your lineup. You possibly are losing your pitcher due to injury, and you almost assuredly are losing your ace pitcher prematurely. If your ace pitcher goes out there and deals, and you're playing a tough game, a close game, then his outing gets cut shorter than the AL counterpart who has a DH. So now you are hurting two sides of the game. You're hurting yourself at the plate. You're hurting yourself on the mound. You're taking away two exciting factors in a sport that is desperate for excitement. In a sport that is desperate to grab your attention, you're taking away two attention-grabbing moments. A big hitter in that DH role and keeping your ace on the mound for longer than five, six innings. This, I understand it. It's a bargaining play. It's a, it's a leverage play for the CBA. But at some point, this league has to grow up. At some point, this league has to understand 
that there is more to growing your sport and having a healthy sport than just who can win a CBA argument. They have to grow up and start stop acting like children. The betterment for the game and what's better for this game and growing the sport and keeping the sport alive, frankly, is just simply giving the 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 NL side of things the DH for quote unquote free. For for there's no there is no bargaining chip aspect of it. It's simply evaluating the situation and saying, look, this league gets exponentially better if we have the DH. Our product gets exponentially better if we have the DH. Let's just add the DH. So that way the league as a whole is better. Why not do that? The NBA has stopped testing for marijuana. Now they they say it's because of COVID protocols that there's no need to get into contact with somebody over a drug test for marijuana. But it also really helps the players recover and really helps the players life and and bodies and and really product on the court if they're able to indulge in that rehab aspect and the in the rehab aspect of marijuana. So that's a very good reason not to test for it, as well as COVID, of course. But that's a give and take that the players have wanted for a long time, and the NBA is simply giving it to them. And that's why their relationship is so strong. And that's why their product is growing and growing and growing, because there is no fighting every time you turn around about some stupid rule or the unwritten rule or any of the nonsense that baseball goes through day in and day out. Baseball and its executives and its leadership group has to grow up. They have to grow up and stop being little tiny children. I want to talk to you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Even your children would love it if you want to give them a protein bar. They are phenomenal. Soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They are great pre-workout. They are great post-workout. They're even great as a snack and a meal replacement. They are that filling. Trust me. They are that filling. You can just grab them on the go whenever you're heading out the door in the morning or just simply get up from your desk when you're working at home, go into the kitchen, grab the quick bar, and get right back to work and be able to stay on top of what you're trying to accomplish. That is the easiness of Bilt Bar and how it's made my life a lot easier just having these Bilt Bars. They have six brand new flavors, Kilmar Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Bilt Bars are phenomenal for the health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bilt Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Get yourself Bilt Bars today at BiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. Built Bars are amazing. Let me know your favorite flavor because my favorite flavor is the banana bread option, but also I love cookies and cream. So go check them out today. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And so I want to dive in now to Mike Matheny and his level of excitement for the 2021 season and for the additions of, of Taylor and Minor. It kind of feels a lot like last year. I mean, last year I bought into it. I bought into the hype that Mike Matheny was selling. He's a really good salesman. He could really sell you beachfront property in Kansas right now. But let's take a step back for a second. This team, I think, will be better than last year. I think it'll be more competitive than last year. 
But still, it depends on the expanded playoffs, which I don't think, now that we've seen what the league has done with the DH, I don't know if that'll be coming back. Here's the kicker, though, to that point. The DH brings in no added revenue at all. Just because the NL game has a DH now, does you know, or would have a DH now, does nothing for their bottom line. Because if you're going to go to the Cubs game, you're going to go to Wrigley Field no matter if they have the DH or not. Simple as that. If you're going to watch a Cubs game, you're going to watch it no matter if they have the DH or not. You're not going to sit in Kansas City today and say, you know, I would go to Wrigley Field, this historic ballpark, if they had a DH. If they had a DH, I'd go there. No, you're not going to do that. You're either going to go or you're not going to go. So that improves nothing other than the players' lives and the fans' enjoyment of the game. Which, why does baseball ever care about that? When have they ever cared about that? Why do they need to care about that? What would impact the bottom line, though, is expanding the postseason. And so that's why I think that there's still a chance that even though it would be premature, quote-unquote, uh, before the CBA you know, talks get, get underway, that they could bring it back because it just helps your TV revenue contract so much. It helps your actual revenue. Imagine this right now, though. Imagine this Royals team being five games out of the postseason with a month to go in the season. Imagine the atmosphere you would have at Kauffman Stadium. As Kansas City fans want that taste of winning baseball again. They want that taste of postseason baseball again. Remember what Kansas City felt like and looked like in 2014-2015. Imagine the attention the Royals would be getting in that month. Versus if they go back to their old playoff format. You're out of it. Who cares? Mahomes is starting in a week. Let's just watch preseason football. And I'm not saying that that's the wrong way for fans to look at it. You, you should watch whatever you value. Your time is valuable. A lot of you only have so much time to squeeze in your personal entertainment. Between your job, maybe kids, whatever it is, school, work, whatever. You only have so much valuable entertainment time. How can baseball capture that? How can baseball earn that from you? They can earn that from you by making a market like Kansas City relevant in September. Whenever you do have those other options, you do have Mahomes, you do have the Chiefs. What can they do for you in August and September? Expanding the postseason expands baseball's revenue. But without the expanded postseason, this is a, a fun little team that'll have some good moments and some awful moments, and it'll be a little bit better than last year. I understand the excitement level. Hopefully, you're going to see a lot more young guys get called up eventually. Maybe not the start of the year, but eventually throughout this course of the season, you'll see a lot more young pitchers, a lot more young fielders get called up. So that's exciting in and of itself. Can they make a postseason run? I see the same thing I did last year. If the if the playoffs get expanded, especially if they do away with this whole protecting the second team in each division, and just going the division winners and then the rest follow suit wherever you're at in the standings. If they do it that way and they go that route, this team could make a postseason run if all things break their way because this lineup is pretty competitive. And this is a pretty competitive lineup if they're all hitting on all cylinders all at the same time. Now, that is a lot of what-ifs and that is a lot of things that need to happen to go their way. But on paper, this lineup with Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler, Salvador Perez, Whit Merrifield, of course, this, this team on paper should be a pretty good hitting team. If Mondesi can capitalize on that last month of the season, add him to that mix. And then, 
you have Brad Keller, who was amazing last year. Brady Singer taking that next step. Chris Bubich taking that next step. Mike Miner, have you want to fit him in there? Whatever the heck Danny Duffy can give you. And then you have Josh Stomont, who has elevated his game into a proven, you know, kind of back into the bullpen guy. Tyler Zuber. You know, Scott Barlow. This team can be a very scrappy competitive team next year. But I think that that is their ceiling next year. I think that their ceiling and the expectation should be that they compete night in and night out. I think that the expectation should hold them to, and you should hope for, is there is no more dry spells. There is no more month and a half of unwatchable baseball, of unbearable baseball. There is no more month and a half of every single guy sucks on this team. They should be past that stage, in my opinion, in this upcoming season. So that's exciting. And that's what excites me. And so we'll see what they can do. And we'll see what the, what the postseason even looks like in a, in a month's time or two months' time as we start to ramp up for spring training. Look, it's 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 almost the middle of December. And, and spring training will start in February. I mean, this stuff never ends in baseball. And we, and we really haven't seen much of any offseason transactions yet. So we're only getting started on Lockdown Royals, your only daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. I'm Ron Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Lockdown Royals.